Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. This is episode 397 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome. No, I can't, I can't. I can't just go, oh, this is episode 397 and not say anything about that. 397 episodes. So we're three episodes from 400. Wow. Quite interesting, really, because this episode features a return guest. Which is a very important return guest, because this return guest, well, he was on a very, 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 very early episode of The Sausage Factory, when it was just a a fledgling podcast. Episode 9, that's when he first appeared on The Sausage Factory. And it's Tom Haggerty of Roll7 Games. And I first interviewed him. About Ollie Ollie. And now I'm interviewing again in episode 397 about Ollie Ollie World. And we talk at great length about this extraordinary, what I've described here in my notes, because I do have some notes in front of me. It's true, of course I don't. Don't think I'm reading this from a script. All the ums and the ers, they're all written down. It's very strange. But yes, it's best described. No, it's not best described. Here's an attempt at me describing what Oli Oli World is. It's a dexterity-based scrolling platformer. That's true. That is totally true. And it's on all the platforms and things. And it was so great to have Tom back on to uh, reconnect, so to speak, to talk about the design and creation of Oli Oli World. So without further ado, let's listen to me from the not-so-distant past. Talk to Tom Haggerty about Ollie Ollie World. Tom. Hello, Chris. <laughs> Hello again. 
Do you want to tell us who you no, are? You what do you what, what do you do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> um, so for a living, um, I run Roll Seven. Uh, we set it up in yeah two thousand and eight, and yeah, still here. Yeah, fourteen. It's actually our fourteen year anniversary of setting it up uh, back in April. Yeah, two thousand eight is an auspicious year. Yeah, because that's when well, that year after the iPhone arrived, and. Yeah. Uh, and there's also the, uh, well, Xbox and Indie Arcade and stuff that came to being. And the barriers started to drop. They started to, to melt Indeed. before us. Yes. Now, granted, Steam was already there doing its thing, but not quite as much as when it really got silly. And here we are. <laughs> so we, we actually had, we weren't, so the, the earlier years of, of Roll7, uh, we weren't a true game developer we were i mean we were developing games but we we're doing it in a kind of different angle kind of games for marketing games for health uh we built some websites um all, all manner of things really and we actually went on a business trip uh to seattle um and met with this company called steam <laughs> and we're like, oh, this, this seems interesting yeah, and they actually yeah. met with us and showed us what they did yeah and said you know this, we think this is you know going to be really big for games and we'll start again oh well, yeah sounds interesting maybe yeah. uh, and then obviously a couple of years later we were trying to get in touch with them it's like no <laughs> 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 we're like can uh, we can we get on that now <laughs> yeah yeah can we can we oh yeah remember the green light stuff oh bless yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, now they had now they make hardware again because I've got I've got a Steam Deck which is nice. I highly recommend yeah, them. Oh, nice. Yeah, they are. A bit I've got heavy, my hands though. on one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, um, it's. Uh, I mean, I've been playing Oli Oli World on my PS5, so I can't really vouch for the. I, I, I might just get another copy and bung it on Steam. It'd be fine. <laughs> anyway, but um, uh, the screen's a bit blue though. It's a bit strange. The background. It's not black. It's blue. It's like a dark, dark blue. Weird. What on the Steam Deck? Yeah, yeah. It's not okay. true black, it's just blue. Weird. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, so, I mean, you sort of dabbled with telling us how you made your start making games, but now, just to be clear, everyone, if you're a regular listener from many, many years ago, uh, Tom has been on before in episode nine. Yeah. Which is a long time ago. January 2014, which is... Wow, uh, so, yeah. So yeah. that was that was the release of yeah, yeah Oli Oli 1. Oli Oli 1. On the and, Vita, uh, there's a machine that no yeah. longer exists, and indeed, uh, is, indeed. the platform I played it on, but also on the PS3, <laughs> four. Yeah, we released. So that, I think yeah. we were probably one of the last games released on PS3. <laughs> That's right, and then there's also on PS4, uh, yeah. and uh, it's it's still my game that I play on the PS4. Amazing, <laughs> it is. It's the amount of times I've sort of turned it on, update it because you do. And then I'm sort of play maybe a Jeff Minter game because you know, and then you go, oh, yeah. I know. Let's just now I'm in that mood. Let's 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 see if I can do some beat some of my times on Ollie Ollie. Still doing it. Oh, that's amazing. Still doing do it. You, I remember the kind of oh, sorry. I know meant to be asking me a question, but a question yeah. question for you. Like I remember um, you said um, you really enjoyed Ollie Ollie, but I remember yeah. I think we had an email back and forth, and you were saying Ollie Ollie two, you just weren't down with us as much yeah i i i overcame that when i was like because the different biomes as we now call them mm. it was back then it was different environments as now yeah, yeah. Uh, i really struggled with it because i couldn't know where to land it wasn't obvious for me to where to actually hit right. my my my, yeah. my escape is that somewhere i could land or not 
oh no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. And and that's that's what I struggled with on the second one, which you've overcome right. not really well. But that was for me the biggest biggest yeah. thing. Um, I also made a horrible sort of school person error in that I changed the settings on my television so it wasn't in game mode, not realizing it, oh, and then I Chris. struggled. <laughs> We put a big warning up you at did, the beginning of all our games. Well, it was. It was on. And then for some reason, I turned it off because I was watching a film or something. And then I didn't <laughs> turn it back on again. And then I got... And then you do a fantastic job with Lonely World as well. It's like, please, please turn it off because you will fail. You will you will yeah. fail very badly. You know, I, it does, I've had this chat with a few people and, and you know, they've said, oh, right, I didn't know. I didn't know about game mode. And then they've gone and played other games as well and said, oh, it's everything's so much more responsive. Yes. I don't think people realise, you, no, you know, even if it's a few milliseconds or whatever the delay is, it yeah. can have a serious impact because you've no. naturally got um, a delay anyway from the controller into the machine to yeah, the screen yeah. back to you. Um, but there's the, the level where it starts to get uh, perceptible. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so really, everyone, if you want to know how Tom started, just listen to that one. It's up on Kane and Rinse. It's there. I checked it before we recorded. So, go and have a listen. But there are some other questions here that may have changed over time because it's been eight years. And uh, I'll be interesting because, you know, you've made many other things since and done many other things since, rightly so. So, let's just ask these last three because the last one is definitely, you know, topical. So, here we go. And what's your biggest influence? What do you think Roll Seven's biggest influence, or indeed your personal influence, in creating things? <laughs> God, that's is such an interesting question because you know if if you ask you know Simon or John who I run the company with, they they'd have probably very different answers. So. <sighs> well, it's a good question. Mm. So, okay, the, the first one I'm going to go. At a bit of a tangent, um, and actually step outside of games. Um, but Pixar is is a big influence um, in terms of, I think, obviously what they've done from a technical point of view, kind of the visuals. Um, but I've never, they've always developed stories that have really kind of I felt. And uh, as a human of many years, I often didn't feel stuff in films. I was like, oh, why are people getting upset or crying about this film? <laughs> and I found the Pixar films have always kind of hit me like hard. I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't know I had that emotion. Um, and that combined with just the, the brilliant animation. And and I reference that in terms of of video games because I think they kind of set a benchmark in terms of of what you can do and how you can really kind of tell a story. Now, interestingly, you know, narrative is is something we've only dabbled in in the past, but it's kind of, it's something, you know, for the future we really want to kind of explore. So I really kind of um, enjoy that. Um, and then moving into games, which is probably a bit more relevant uh, for this uh, <laughs> podcast. There's, there's nothing um, as relevant in this question. Go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So what's... I I really like uh, Forza. Right. Uh, it's I, it's probably the game I've put the most hours into over the past few years. Be that three, four, a bit, a bit of five. I just haven't haven't played much recently. But I just find that game. I can sit there 
and play it for hours and hours. And it's the the way it's set up, the way it draws you in. I think what I like about it the most is you can play it in the way you want to. And that yeah. has been a huge influence, especially on on Oli Oli World. Now Oli Oli World's obviously more linear than an open world driving game. Um, but we really kind of set out on the idea that you can play in the way you want to play. And if you if you go back to the earlier games, um, it was, I suppose, quite a punishing experience. And, you know, we had this mechanic where you had to press X to land if you're on PlayStation or A. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you didn't do that, you got a sloppy landing. You did. Your player did this yeah. animation, which looked yeah. crap. Yeah. <laughs> um, you lost points. You did. It and was just... we were basically saying... Yeah, you have to play in this way, or yeah. we will punish. You. We will punish you. And it was obviously it's not just Forza, uh, but a, a lot of games do this where it's kind of well, actually no, let's flip it. And it seems like a really obvious thing to do, but for us it was you yeah. know like oh moment. We're like <laughs> oh let's let's not punish people when they don't do the thing we want them to. Let's reward them. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you just it seems like a really simple thing, but it was you know quite revolutionizing for the way we designed games um and yeah it's just you know i suppose with the, the for example it's really welcoming you can get in you can just drive around you can then go and toggle if you want with every single setting denture suspension can. which i look at i i don't know i'll get well if i change this will this be good and i'm just like i don't need to worry about that yeah but it's nice yeah it's there and so that's been a big influence for for how we develop that and yeah certainly making things more welcome and i did throughout development of Oli Oli worlds people would kind of start rolling their eyes because whenever it was my turn to talk about something go there's this thing in forza and the way they do that or the way they do the ui and i think eventually i was banned from referencing a yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've all been there it's when i play uh yeah. when i play role-playing games or as a dm i'll sit behind the screen and go right uh, just to be clear you have three monty python references allowed during this session just to be clear okay thank you just the rules there are rules <laughs> um you know however as the dm i can have infinite before I, this is my game so there you go yeah uh but no i i think going back to the point of saying pixar and emotional response to them mm. And this feeds into what you're talking about with the Forza thing and how there's emotional response. You know, why a, a game, um, be very careful here, because uh, I got into trouble once by saying not all video games are fun. And that was a shorthand, a journalist shorthand, meaning that not all games have that same kind of emotion. They they have different yeah. emotions to them. Um, like, you know, everyone's gone to the rapture, for example. You know, that's... Yes. That has a different emotional response, but here you're mm. trying to generate a positive emotional response. It generally is a sense of warmth, uh, yeah. definitely from Oli Oli World. It's definitely a sense of welcoming, and like you know, we don't really, we're not going to judge you. Although the, the NPCs do like judging you when you do really do well, they go, "Oh, I'm surprised you did so well on that. Awesome, go you!" And it's really quite very well written. There's a lot of little balance there, but. No, it definitely comes through in your work that you are driven by you know, feedback loop to the player and making sure that they're suitably rewarded for their efforts. That's that's really nice to hear. And it, it's really nice that you've picked up on that as well because we, we wanted it to be this 
just a really happy place that yeah, you'd want to for once spend, considering spend time in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because again, with the first few games, they were oh yeah. They were punishing. And mm. you know, we even the way we marketed them, it was uh the the strap line was what was it? You will uh, don't slam on your face, you will slam on your face. Yeah. That was our strap line for yeah. Only one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just... but you know, at twenty thirteen when we were marketing it, that was that was the thing, wasn't it? Yeah. That's what we were doing. You know, yeah. hard as nails yeah. in the game. Um yeah. and we did that and we're really happy with how we did it. But we wanted more people to experience it because we just had people we we'd meet, you know, players and they'd say they'd almost look embarrassed that they couldn't get past the yeah. second world. That's right, yeah. As if they defended us. Yeah. And again, you start reflecting and you think, well, that's our fault. I yeah. mean, you know, we've, we've made something that they they think they like <laughs> but can't get past and therefore put it down. So yeah. why would we, why would we gatekeep yeah. like that? You can only play our game. In yeah, it's really just, yeah, we... It just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, the get good crowd. That wasn't that's never Roll Seven's thing, but it became it. And like, wait, yeah, that's not us. Totally. That's not us. We're that's not really part of that crowd. Yeah. It was like, no, that's yeah. that's horrible. No. Um yeah, I think so that was a big thing. It was yeah, very much uh yeah, the opposite of get good. Yeah. All all are, all are welcome. Um but yeah, the it's, the emotional response is, is interesting. So we had um brilliant kind of narrative uh, designer, uh, Liz Lunny, uh, who worked with us, um, did some did some great work. But yeah, just really kind of developing those characters. And like you say, just make it a, a cool place to hang out in. Yeah. Like I said, I still play them uh, to this day because they just make me... They're just a way for me to meditate. It's very strange for me to say that, maybe you hear me say that, but... I generally just lose myself a bit and uh, the, the movements become almost sort of like instinctive rather than reacting to what's going on, on the screen. So I'm just, I'm always looking over to the right because that's the key. And again, going back to the Forza thing, all driving games have this. It's not where you are because mm. that's too late. It's too late. Yeah. It's where you're going. <laughs> so we, we, totally. that, and what? That's, that's really what, that's what, it's a great analogy. It's a great symbol. Many people go, they're nothing like each other. Oh, no, but they are. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting. What what you just described there is what we call flow. And I think we, we might well have talked about this yeah. uh, before, but it's all about flow, and that's kind of present throughout all of our games. And that's that's what we're always looking for. And yeah. amongst other things, it was like, how do we improve the flow and again, like I was saying earlier, how do we get more people to enjoy the game? You know, our top line was, let's get more people into the flow because if you can master it, um, it feels really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite, yeah. it's quite zen-like. It is. Um, it is. It doesn't, not, it's almost as if you're not really concentrating on the screen or just, you're just mm. there. It's really weird. <laughs> it's really interesting as well. You mentioned um, looking to the right. We actually, yeah. uh, obviously, we, we're private division uh, published this title it did, um, yeah. and they um, had they worked with a company called well played out in the states who do a lot of uh, game testing which we which we'd always done game testing kind yeah, of ourselves yeah. in the yeah. house but we'd never gone with like an external outfit uh, and they had eye tracking and it was it was fascinating watching these kind of green dots fly across the screen and 
goes from the player to the right hand side, from the player to the right hand side, just flicking back and forth. And the people who weren't getting the game straight away were always looking at their player. Yeah. You're totally proving your point from earlier. It's yeah. not about where you are, it's about where, where you you're go. Where going you go. to be. And it's it's really interesting when you obviously have those assumptions and yeah. we're all sat there going, Well, obviously, yeah, you need to look at look at where you're going, but to actually see it there and have the yeah. evidence. It's a little so kid akin. What can we do to help people look ahead? Indeed. And you give them cues but not obvious ones because you're going to treat the player with some credit and intellect and i call it the moba syndrome now bear with me on this so mobas are built around the fact that you're not the center of the world you are but part of a team you are yeah. you're sent yes the, the screen and camera does move with you but ultimately what you're doing is not it's part of a, a machine it's got a greater whole and this runs counter to most video games 90 percent of video games you are the center of attention in the center of the yeah. world whereas mobas not and similarly with with Oli Oli is that yes, you are, you know, the screen does move with you, but that's not really where your attention should be. Your attention should be on the just on the right hand side, third, right third. Uh, and only the only time when you look at yourself is when things starting to go wrong. Because <laughs> yes. I've found the more your vision drifts over to the left, the more you're panicking and reacting, rather than. That's how I view it. So it's that when I'm over there, sometimes you go too far. <laughs> you start looking yes. at the edge and you're going, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm, and then you've, you don't even see yourself. And you go, well, have I crashed? Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's that happy medium. The happy medium. <laughs> so next question then, and this may have changed over the years. I don't know. What developer do you most admire in the industry and why? Oh, again, that's a really, it's very, it's very difficult to, to boil it down. Um, yeah. I, I can't, I can't say, I, what I, what I'll say, I suppose. Um, yeah. I, I came to it very late. Yeah. What I tend to do is play a lot of games in between when we're developing. Okay. We're now going to where we're developing all the time, so I need to sort that out. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I I didn't play Hades uh, when it first came out, um, which I know everyone looks at me very disappointed. No, 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 I'm not. No, no, everyone, yeah, I know everyone played, but I think you know what the the team there did um, is super giant, isn't it? Um, yes, they've been on the show. They made Hades. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, just that game is so clever in on so many levels. Um, I was talking about this. Um, in Slack the other day, people were asking, you know, what are you playing at the moment? And the way it ties the narrative into the game loop is just it's so clever. And, yeah, I don't often play games like that. No. I enjoy them, but I, after a while I find, okay, well, I've got to go and do yeah. the same thing again, yeah. which I know is the point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the the world that they've built and the narrative – I think it's a really interesting way of bringing, you know, people like myself and maybe on the periphery uh, of those types of games to actually come in and go, oh, cool, no, I actually really want to explore this. Yeah. All the way down to, oh, well, I can't remember what he says, you know, when you die and you come back out in the, the pool of blood and you're like, well, here I am again <laughs> kind of thing. Just, yeah. you know, that, the, the, <laughs> you know, the self-referencing yeah. is, is really funny. And to create that much dialogue and, and narrative um and it 
for it to be interesting each time i thought yeah. it was so clever it was um just it just it hit it hit all the the right things you know the gameplay is really good the narrative's really good yeah. um the, the illustration style the visuals are just beautiful um, yeah yeah so when i yeah when i see something where all those elements have come together you know i'm you know from being on the inside i know how disparate those elements can be and when you've got all the voice in the room pulling in different directions uh when it all comes together like that um i think it's a really beautiful thing so yeah big big fans of, of super giant yeah I, they specialize in taking concepts or taking uh, concepts of games and introducing them to new audiences in a new way like roguelikes mm. many or whatever they're called lights or likes i don't know i i did i didn't say that because i was like i don't want to say the wrong thing I just say both at the same time it's fine uh yeah. but whatever yes the self-awareness is very much the thing but they do love taking a game concept look at pyre they, they made a rugby game tom <laughs> I've, I've not actually played that. It's serious. I'm not kidding. They made a big narrative adventure game set around the concept of rugby. <laughs> Seriously, and but it's fantastic. And it's like, wow, people don't realise they're playing rugby, but you and I would like. Wait, is it? A, yeah. And I actually challenged them on this when I went to them at PAX West about two, three years ago. Now, went, yeah, yeah, it's rugby, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done, well spotted. But that's what they do, and they did it with, with transistor, and then they basically is a turn-based combat sort yeah. of system. That that was yeah. again introducing these very traditional systems that no one was like. Oh, it's not really my thing. And then oh, I'm playing it. Oh, wait, hang on, that's mean. You tricked me. <laughs> and mm. with Hades, you know, playing a, an action adventure game, which is self-aware. That's the premise. The, the whole yeah, point it, of it is every character you encounter, it's just there is, there's barely any fourth wall at all. It's just like it doesn't really exist. It's always talking to the player through the characters, saying, "What are you doing with your time exactly?" Yeah, yeah, and, it's, it's brilliant. It's great. It's great. Right. Well, last question, and I might not answer this because you might have answered this a moment ago. But uh, are you distracting yourself with anything right now? What are you playing? Um, yeah, so I've probably actually, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can say what you most you. recently experienced and that would be fine. We can talk says. about that. Okay. So what, what have I been playing? So I, along with the, the game that has played the most in this house and this down to my children is, is Minecraft. Okay. Um, so had we have done this podcast in about three and a half hours time yeah uh, they'd be sat behind me now yeah um, <laughs> making planes in the sky and all sorts of stuff um so that that gets played a lot um so obviously Haley's been playing a lot of um i actually played um shredders uh recently okay. uh, was very interesting that was the snowboarding game oh right uh that came out on uh xbox Okay. Um, and then actually, I picked up the the switch again recently. Been oh, yeah. kind of lying there gathering dust. Um, and I start, again, I've been playing a lot of stuff uh, with my kids, and I didn't realise you could do two player in Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> you Which, really? Yeah. Is it two geese? 
you hated two geese <laughs> or two two gooses. How gooses. do you conjugate the? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, the collective noun of geese is I don't know annoyance. An yeah. annoyance yeah. of geese. There you go. Geezers, I think. Geezers, um, yeah. Geezers of go- yeah. geese. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, love collective nouns. Geez. Like I still love the murder of crows. Like what? Come on, it's a bit yeah, off yeah, for yeah. crows, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we we played that. We um. And it was it was so much fun uh, to sit down with them because they're uh, you know they're they're nine and six oh, so different, different levels of ability but I can yeah. sit down and play that with with both of them and I, I played that when it first came out and I, and I enjoyed it and I was like okay cool that's, that's good right it's next thing but yeah two two playing that game just is a it brings a new dimension to it really um, and it's fun annoying the same people all over again but. Yeah, you know, you can them I still love the names. fact that developers didn't know what to call it. I don't know. Yes, it's a goose yeah, game. Yeah. We haven't got a title. Well, fine, it's not titled then. Okay, just, just roll with it. <laughs> fine. You know, that's why it's it's important, you know, to give your well. To be honest, it worked out really well for them. But you know, I suppose the the other side is make sure you give your game a almost a really crap code name so it doesn't it doesn't roll into becoming yes the actual title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely stuff. All right. Well, there ends the first half. You made it. Well done. That's the thing I say Thank these you. days. It's a bit weird. Uh, <laughs> but it feels like a, like a level finish. So there you go. <laughs> but um, let's did I level up? You did. You did. You got past the mini boss. Well done. <laughs> it's the influence question. The amount of times I've had guests on just staring at the screen going, I don't know. <laughs> I just do it's stuff. Just, it's hard because... <laughs> It, there are so many varied uh, influences, yeah. and it's yeah. hard to remember. And now I've just remembered what I was playing recently. There you um, go. Twelve, is it twelve minutes? Oh right, yes, the, um... yeah. I think you're right. Twelve minutes. Yeah. I think you're right. So it's like loop yeah. of twelve minutes and stuff. That, but... Yeah, super. Really, really, oh, really. Okay. That. Okay. The last um, loop game actually... I played like that was uh, Outer Wilds, but that's a different discussion for another time. Ah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's a whole podcast, which Kenyon has done yeah. on Outer Worlds, which I was on, I'm happy to say. But uh, yeah, anyway, let's move on to part two. Cool. Where we delve deep into Ollie Ollie World.
So, Tom, before we do that, in your own words, and I wish you the very best of luck with this because I don't know how you're going to do oh, it. No, no, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, I'll help. I will be to help. In fact, I'm, I've had guests say, Chris, you have a go. What is Oli Oli World? Righty. Um, Oli Oli World. God, I just remember now because I've seen all the taglines yeah, and the, the yeah, videos yeah. and the trailers and stuff. So I'll, I'll try and do try and do the one that you won't just read from the trailer. But okay. Oli Oli World is essentially, in, in one sense, it's a skateboarding game. Um, you're, you're set. You're still going kind of from left to right or right to left now, um, 2D, but in a kind of 3D world. Um, and it's about, you know, getting points, doing cool tricks. But it's also, oh, this sounds like, oh, God, this is a terrible description. Um, oh, but also, we sometimes say the fact that the skateboard's there, maybe, maybe it didn't have to be. Skateboard is just the medium we used yeah. to try and generate this flow. And therefore, in some ways, it's actually a platformer as well. Um, so a skateboarding action platformer, I think it's the neat, concise way of saying saying it, but I don't think that really kind of gives you the the full picture of what it is and how you play the game. I'm not in charge of marketing, by the way. <laughs> you can probably tell from that description. Um, it's a. I just in the virtual green room, we were talking about how to describe what the early world is, and I felt it was a semi-infinite runner. It's not because it does end with uh, dexterity and puzzle elements to it uh yeah. which is really because there are aspects of puzzle and also um risk assessments which sounds really dry and dull but um <laughs> but there are risk assessments I'll to just, be had i'll send a note to the marketing team so if there is, risk assessments there is constant risk assessments being had when playing all the early world which i'm going to go into now because <laughs> this is my first design question uh, this is what everyone's here for, to listen to me talk about risk assessments with video games. So here we go. <laughs> uh, it's the only way to describe it, Tom. So here we go. So 2.D, 2.5D is how I describe Oli Oli World. So yes. there are platformers out there that have 2.5D. And I'm not talking about Doom 2.5D. That's a different thing. Actually, no, it isn't. Anyway, <laughs> but when you're looking side on and you have depth into the screen. Yeah. Uh, a really good VR version game of this is Moss that has a little bit of like, well, maybe, no, it's 3D. It's bad always have. A little big planet had that, has that or had that. Yeah. Uh, they, they tell you where you move into the screen and out the screen, but you're still going on a 2D plane, kind of. Yeah. This is a change from the previous Hollywood. They were pure 2D. And how has this impacted on the design of the tracks? Oh, okay. So, yeah, good, good question. Um, so, it, I mean, it massively um, influenced it. So, I suppose to go right to the top, um, part of the move to 3D was we wanted to really explore a new art style that we did, you know, the kind of the cartoon illustrated effect that we got to. And we felt that we really wanted to do that in 3D with the style we were going for. A lot of the, the references, you know, actually cartoons as well. Um, so, that, that was important. Um, but there's also, in terms of creating a place, you know, Radlandia and a place that you'd want to be, uh, we had a line, if I can remember it correctly, but we wanted, you know, Oli Oli 1 and 2 feels like you're skating 
past somewhere. With Oli Oli World, we wanted to feel like you were skating through somewhere. And so the the shifts to 3D environments, like you say, you're still kind of, you know, going along a, a single path at times. Um, it makes you feel like you're there rather than there's some skyscrapers or mountains in the background somewhere. And that, that was really important to us. And so that kind of influenced uh, a lot of our, therefore influenced a lot of our design decisions. So probably one of the biggest changes, um, which actually really changes the feel of the game, is the split paths, alternative routes. Um, yes. And then actually going right to left. Now, right. that's not something we could have done in 2D. We no. In all the early two, we did have uh, split routes, one above the other. Yes, you did, uh, yeah. But there was literally limits to, to what we could do. Yeah. Um, and this came from, we were signing the game uh, with Pro Division. Uh, and we got to a point in the contract where it was all good. We were just going ahead, um, but it was just it was taking a while. And we're like, oh, and whilst we're waiting, let's just try something a bit different. Because uh, we'd got, it was in 3D, uh, but it's still just going left to right. And uh, John, John's really in skateboarding anyway. Um, and he'd been to see Street League, which is the, the skateboarding, the Premier League of skateboarding, essentially, okay. to use a football analogy. And it happens in a you know a stadium, and you've kind of got this essentially got this park with lots of different lines and runs on it oh, in a rectangular okay. format. And John said, "Wouldn't it be cool if we made this with Ollie Ollie mechanics?" And we said, "Yeah, let's let's give it a go." Um, so we we started working on it, and we just initially we just had these quarter pipes so just a really simple track yep go right, mm -hmm. left left yep. to right sorry quarter pipe then back down back like, down again yeah quite satisfying and it just kind of expanded uh from there <laughs> um and eventually we had these super kind of complex courses and we realized you could actually transition to different lanes completely mm. Uh, but and different rails, that, of course. A, yeah, 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 exactly. And different ways to get to get onto those paths as well. Yeah. So we actually realised that this was the the thing. Actually, that this was actually what's going to make yeah. it really good. Because there was that question: is how is this not just the other Ollie Ollies with some three D? Yeah, assets in the background. Yeah. That was always a question in our mind. We did, we didn't want to no. just do that. Um, and so this actually allowed us to use the space. So you are actually going backwards and forwards and paths can go under other ones as well. Yeah. Uh, you can go back on yourself, which allowed us to create, you know, challenges, you know, to kind of, you know, where you have to high five one of the characters on an alternative route. Yeah. And in one of the levels, I think in Burnt Rock, you have to high five the same character three times. And to do that, you have to, you know, grind on certain elements, which then disappear. So you can only do that route once, work out another way. So it allowed us to introduce puzzle elements as well. Yeah, there you go. Um, and so you you suddenly gone from a almost infinite run of like hard as nails, yeah. get a high score game, to you've now got exploration. Yes. Like each level has got a number of different paths it, you can choose. It felt a bit Zelda-like in that regard, because Zelda does that all the time when you go into like, well, older Zeldas, not Breath of the Wild, but yeah. the older ones who go, oh, I'll go up there. But I can't, I haven't got the thing. But it's not the same with Oli Oli. It's just that the, the other thing, it's, this is what I'm talking about, risk assessment, where you're going, shall I change that path? Shall I go down there? 
It's probably going to be harder. You don't know that. It might be. Yeah. And you just have a you have a hint of what it might be as you're looking ahead, whatever direction you're travelling in. And you go, huh. <laughs> so that's where I was coming from. Was like, as I'm always doing it, like, should I? Should I? It's normally more interesting when you do actively change. But sometimes yeah. I just want to like, just like, just, just go rather than, you know. And, that, and that's, that's equally rewarding. <laughs> Because you see yeah. what you miss and go, oh, I'll be back to that. Let's see what happens when well, I go we, up there. <laughs> and we wanted to give you know you the player the, the choice yeah. because yeah. again in the previous games it's like do this section. We're going to make this section. It's it's really hard. Work it out. Whereas yeah. what this allowed us to do um, is put the trickier sections on an alternative path. And so it actually came in quite late in development. The idea of like a golden path. And the, the gnarly roots when you got yeah, the yeah. Roots, the UI comes up a uh, little guitar <laughs> lick. Um, and so you're okay, I'm on a harder path. Because what we saw in testing is, you know, that premise was there. The harder path is the alternative route. Cool. But when the testing, we saw people on it and just saying this level was really, really hard. Like level six is really, really hard. We're thinking, no, it's not. Level six is it's really easy. And then you look at the video, you know, oh, they took their the gnarly route each yeah. time but it wasn't it wasn't yeah. signified but it, it was the gnarly route so again yeah. kind of game design 101 tell people what they're doing what they're doing yeah um but you, sometimes you have to see these things uh yeah for real the next question then is i want to talk about the overworld Oli Oli world has an overworld uh different biomes here we go there's that word again i don't i think it might yeah. be returnal that just thought for that game that word but um and it feels like you've they it, having this world, this this overworld, this this um, that creates a connection between each collection of levels. Was that why it came about? Was that the intention to give some connectivity between the player and the thing they're in to make sure that it's not this disconnected section of? Is that was always the point? Totally, totally. Yeah. So what one of our game pillars uh, was cohesive. Yeah. Um, we wanted the game, everything you do, there, there had to be a reason for you doing it, even if it was a surreal reason, like a seagull <laughs> yeah, <laughs> working out of the gym, yeah, know, telling you to do a thing. It, it, there had to be a, a reason for it. And we, we'd never done that in our in our games previously. No, I no. suppose actually with, with Not A Hero, we, we kind of started going towards it but you yeah. still within you know you still would then just go to a maybe a separate menu etc yeah but we really wanted everything to have a reason for being and the idea of the skate gods took took a little while to come about actually we had lots of different ideas for you know the overall meta why you were doing it what you were trying to do at the end and we had all these kind of disparate modes um and so we knew we were really interested in this kind of, you know, w within the Nirvana, Narvana portal. Nirvana, yeah. Uh, you've got, you know, not quite infinite levels, but you can create really long levels. And we're like, it's quite cool that you can go in and just generate a level in your own style. But why? Why would you, why would you do that? And I'm not sure this is the exact reason the skate gods came about. But once the skate gods are there, it really allowed us to frame Nirvana as a place that once you've met the skate god, they go, ah, oh, check out my my little bit of Nirvana. Yeah. And you can, yeah. you can session as much as you want in there. And again, in the, any way that you'd want. Um, and there's obviously our kind of asynchronous multiplayer uh, section in there as well within leagues. And again, that kind of made sense that it could live 
in the Nirvana portal once yeah. you've unlocked it. Um, and the idea, I think within the, the law of the game, it's you're able, once you've reached Nirvana, you can connect with all the other players who have also reached Nirvana. Yeah. And again, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a weird, surreal way of doing it, but it all connects together. And then, you know, the one skate gods go, well, you need to go meet the next one. Um, and yeah, so it just all tied together, but it all kind of lent towards making a world that, you know, I think like you said at the beginning, kind of felt really welcoming. It was just a nice, happy place to, to be in. Speaking of welcoming and happy place. Yeah. Are you, you, you sure you're not looking at these questions? I mean, that wasn't a segue, although just yeah. generally <laughs> the next question builds on the last one. Oh, wait, maybe that's what I designed it as. I've done this before, haven't I, Tom? Anyway, uh, yeah. this question... 397 times, I believe. <laughs> is, I want to talk about the NPCs because the original games never had any interaction with the the crowds. and The only interaction I got from the original games was the applauding. I love that, by the way. Uh, if I ever discussed it previously, but the fact that as you were approaching the end of the level, you could hear them cheering. Yeah, and that was really that was one of the few welcoming aspects of the original Ollie's <laughs> because those games were really about skating for skating's sake, and there's nothing wrong with totally. that. Yeah. Whereas this is much more. Can you just chill for a bit? It's okay. And the NPCs, I believe they've been developed and written in such a way to be to create create even more sense of connectivity and purpose to the player. Is that why they're there? Short answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah to totally. Um, so earlier I mentioned skating past a world, uh, whereas actually we wanted you to skate through a world. And a big part of creating a place is having NPCs, like you said, and it feels far more like a world. And we wanted to drop you in that immediately from the start understand that this is a living breathing place that is a bit weird so i think you know in that first level which is the push tutorial um i think there are inflatable bananas walking along uh ice creams walking along yeah. and people and people past as well. Just, yeah it's a yeah. strange strange yeah, yeah. Is, <laughs> it's a strange place where we have yeah. i mean you know bug snacks has made its way into the place we don't know how but there they are Making yeah. they're probably escaping from a horrific place, but <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's it, it is odd. But uh, and all you know, there's characters. One of them's called Dad. I think that's quite, even though it's not their dad, but he's just like the oldest skater, and they just called him Dad by default, which I thought was quite quite amusing. Yeah. <laughs> so we we wanted it, it. It really needed another one of our game pillars was alive, and having all those those NPCs meant. That it, that it felt alive. But I yeah. suppose actually kind of, you know, there was two sets, obviously, kind of, you know, the ones I was referring to were like your background NPCs that were just, you know, there making it feel like a place. But, yeah, you've obviously got the crew uh, with you yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Dad, who you mentioned. And Dad obviously just gave us uh, free license to make Dad jokes yeah. all the way through, uh, Yeah, uh, which I personally find very funny. Yeah, you know, so yeah. maybe they, they yeah. <laughs> this is like, what I do. For my name, yeah. you can't yell at me for doing these things. This is what yeah. I do. <laughs> and it was, it was very funny with that actually, because the uh, <laughs> with you know working with uh, the private division, the marketing, like we're always like, I can't remember. There was one meeting when they went, "Is 
is he your dad? Is he like the, the player's dad? It was always all like done in right. jest, but we're like, yeah. no, we just. No. And they're like, is, is he Sue's dad? No. Is he Gnarly Mike's dad? No. No, no, no. That's no, the just, point. He's just called. He's dad. just the um, old bloke who's slightly <laughs> older than the rest of them, and he does dad jokes, so he's called yeah. Dad. Yeah, but then that became a thing. So yeah. in one of the trailers, when it's introducing the um, the characters, um, it says Dad. Yeah. He's not your real. <laughs> and so it just became a a bit of a, a running joke but yeah it was really nice being able to to create those and we really we wanted to try you know kind of reflect the diverse culture that skateboarding is now I think um you know this kind of ties into the welcoming attitude as well like going back to the 90s uh skateboarding you know, it was a very different culture. It was radical, let's do these big jumps. Um, and that was cool. That's what it was back then. But skateboarding is so much more diverse and wide-ranging now. You know? Yeah. Uh, the example John uses is there's um, – he said he follows a, a 50-year-old guy who just kind of skates on curbs, and that's his thing. And he's got tons of followers on TikTok. <laughs> um, and it's just, you know, if, if you look at Gates of Park and skateboarders there – it's a completely diverse crowd, and we, we wanted to represent that. So you've also got the main crew that come along with you, um, Sue's, Gnarly Mike, Dad, and Chiffon. Um, but then you've obviously got there's a, a separate kind of crew within each buy-in, and you kind of meet them, and they will tell you about the skate god and what's going on yeah, elsewhere. Yeah. They will bang on you know, about the skate god throughout the entire buy-in. They keep on. Yeah. Like, Have you met them yet? Have you met them yet? Like, No. <laughs> Have you met them yet? And you don't meet them till the last, well, you know, like, but no, seriously, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, have you met? No, I haven't seen them yet. I really, I don't know, maybe they just don't want to talk to me. You know, it's quite funny yeah. when that sometimes happens. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just chilling out somewhere, you know. <laughs> it, it was brilliant seeing the skate gods' designs come together because I had but very little to do with, with that side. Um, not, nothing really, in fact, in the character design. Got a brilliant team there. Um, and the first time... I saw it's called Tech Nicholas, who is the first yes, skate guy. He is the first or, or one. He looks like it's Technicolus or Technicolus. Yeah, it's Technicolus. Um, yeah. Whose head is a a bucket from a he bucket in Sandcastle. His boards a spade. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just, I genuinely laughed the first time I saw it. it it's so absurd, uh, but just kind of sums up the game nicely for me. And again, Next question feeds into that one. See, that's oh, wonderful. It. Because we haven't addressed the elephant in the room. I believe it's, in, it's one of many elephants in the room. But you've a massive deviation from visual style from the previous two games. Um, really big change. And why? And also, what impact has that had on interaction and the emotional feedback to the player, do you think? What was what drove yeah, it? Good. I think I know we've covered this already, but let's just focus on no, the visual styling. Yeah, yeah, good, good question. It was, I mean, you know, if you look back at Roll Seven games, it's it's quite difficult to see a clear visual identity. We've jumped about quite a lot. Yeah, the, you know, not here early one in pixel, uh, but again, very different stylistically. Early, early two vector, Laser League, three D realistic kind of vibe so we, we've we've jumped about um but we've always always been interested in illustrative style line work uh tin shading is not quite the right word but 
get the idea of you know, yeah, the yeah. outline. Yeah. It's a very um, complex, actually, thing. People don't people think it's simple. It's the simpler stuff is the most complex to actually create. Yeah. Because you have to rein it in. It's difficult. You want to do the extra dippling and the shading. No, because then it becomes dissolved and it loses its impact it's really totally uh, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah conversations I, I you know never knew existed but about yeah. you know kind of how do you where do you determine the line thickness depending on how far something else is yeah. off in the distance and where does it disappear it shouldn't disappear it always needs to be there and as it comes closer how does the line thickness you know continue so yeah re really interesting stuff um yeah. I don't have the tech skills to kind of talk much deeper than that, but yeah, it was, we, we really wanted to explore more of an illustrative, almost cartoon style. Um, and so John had some ideas and obviously we got on, um, the art team as well. And we kind of started working through with them. Um, and again, in terms of trying to making it welcoming and a, a fun, you know, slightly silly place to be as well. It all just kind of pointed in in that direction. Um, oh, do you know what? I need to look at it because it, again, I, I can't remember some of the cartoons we referenced. I'll have to I'll have to have a look and, and email you. But um, yeah, that won't be very, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of Adventure Time going on in there. See, I, I was the reason I didn't say that is because that's yeah. the one that that wasn't in our reference material. Yeah, but but everyone says, oh, it's Tony Hawk's meets Adventure Time. <laughs> But so there's stuff like the amazing world of Gumball, yeah, uh, was you know an influence there. Uh, there's even um, a program called Storybots, which is a conceivable program on uh, Netflix, and that just has lots of you have lots of different animation styles, but within one program, but it kind of works. You know, at some point there'll right, be fully yeah. 3D rendered objects, then it will change to flat 2D, old school kind of animated. Um, so we were, yeah, lo looking at those kind of things. But yeah, it, that was always an, a style we wanted to to explore, and we're really yeah, we're really happy with kind of how it's how it's turned out. And we feel we feel as if we found our niche and our and our home in this style. Yeah, yeah, I I applaud it. I when I first saw the images, I did a double take, and like first first thing that struck me is, oh, you've got depth, yay! About yeah. time. I was this close to emailing you at one point, going, "Can you? Can we go in the screen? Can we? You know?" But you did it, so obviously read my mind. Good, yeah. good, good, good stuff. But yeah, then the visuals and the pastel colours—that's really clever. And the outlines and the the depth of field, which are very subtle, and the movement of things—all uh, very clever. And you're obviously very thought oh, and you. considered, not just thrown together so and haphazardly. No, it had to. Uh, yeah. It went through a lot of iteration to work out the right level of detail. Uh, we actually had a really interesting conversation a few weeks ago. Um, Dickie, one of our technical artists, uh, he he was saying, uh, you know, well, one of the difficulties with with Oli Oli for the art team were we'd created these levels in grey box, and you had a level of complexity that you could put into a level. You know, I'd play it. Um, with John and you know we'd have we had a sign off process and we're like cool that is the right level of complexity but you're signing off on a grey box level so then you put all the art in and suddenly uh, you're saying that level's really hard yeah and to the design team and art team go you signed it off yeah like, yeah I didn't sign off why what's happened why you've made it harder haven't you what are you, yeah. doing? you <laughs> what have you done um, accuse yeah. the art team of changing design like 
yeah. What do you think? <laughs> but obviously, obviously, that hadn't happened at all. But they've been putting this beautiful art in and yeah. making these levels look beautiful. But then you combine that beautiful art with a beautifully complex level, and suddenly there's too much going on. So you have to start. You have to start pairing back, and you go through a process to learn. How many houses can we have in this scene? How many trees can we have in Cloverbrook? Uh, how many people sitting around on the skateboards? How many crabs can there be yeah. <laughs> watching you skate past? And that was there was a learning curve the whole way through because each biome had its own look. And so we had to determine uh, what worked and, and what didn't and push back a lot of the, the visual noise because you, you, you have this kind of really cool, you know, back and forth, whereas, you know, you want to freeze frame the game and obviously, an artist wants to look at that and go, I need this to look beautiful. And I totally yeah. agree, it needs to look beautiful. But you're playing the game at, you know, 100 miles an hour. <laughs> and it needs to, therefore, visually work for the player. Like we were saying earlier, you're looking right to left. So you need to ensure that you're not being distracted. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, it allowed us to kind of have set pieces uh, so you could, you know, really go to town at the beginning and the end of a level or maybe the points when you take the quarter pipe you can make that section busier as well yeah so yeah yeah we kind of found a, a nice happy medium i think braid suffered from this too when it was designed because it started off as this really when you see the original version of braid like sorry i don't recognize this at all like well no yes yeah. it's just like you said a grade level it's just the concept of the game and then the art was splattered on there to do it all over again uh to, to actually make it so you could read what was going on not distracted totally, yeah. by shiny things so you're so, not the first you're not the first and you won't totally. be the last and we we yeah we but we want to be you know a lot more cognizant of this moving forward how i mean how you get around that problem i don't know no, at the moment uh, because uh, you have to yeah. break you have to start that, that's a whole that's a whole gdc talking of itself i think <laughs> yes <laughs> how to deal with gray level versus your your final art like oh look this looks yeah. nothing like each other but they're the same game nonsense nonsense yeah. it's why i have like i push against you know cosmetics and like oh it's just cosmetics really is it now oh it's not at all it's not it's not, not, it's yeah, not at all a level a level can feel completely different once it's had its yeah. art passed yeah. and you're sometimes questioning yourself thinking what well, have i played this before or yeah. has this like i said earlier has it changed uh it's it just this level feels great now yeah um, yeah it's amazing what it can do, but it is—it's a whole. It's all the disciplines need to work together. Um, they do, and that's they do. That's the kind of the, the difficulty, but joy of, of making video games, trying to get them to all sing and dance in time with one another. Well, a product of this singing and dancing is Oli Oli World, which has been developed by Roll Seven. Now, Tom, where does that name come from? Because that's a new question we ask these developers and oh, guests now. Wrong. Where's your name? Where's your name come from? Where's your get your studio? Name? Okay, yeah. So we um basically it's it's one better than you can roll on a normal dice. <laughs> oh six sided dice, just to be clear. Yeah. yeah. Not the weird Which ones you get now. Come at, on. At the time <laughs> I do now have a seven sided die in the roll seven blue. <laughs> but that go. was that, that was the initial so it's not the most exciting no, it's good. name, but it just when it came out, we're just like that sounds sounds kind of cool and you yeah. remember it. Uh, straight away but so originally we myself and simon ran a company years ago it's actually an education company called rolling sound oh. um, and initially we taught young people uh, from youth offenders uh this is a bunch of young people music production and we put a music studio on a bus 
hence rolling sound. Right. And when we wanted to, we actually started teaching video games, which is how we actually got into to video game design. Met, I met John, our creative director. Um, and when we decided to set up Roll7, initially it was called Rolling Media Limited, because that was a kind of way to branch from just being sound to, to media. Yeah. And it's a catch-all term. If you say you're, you know, a digital agency with media and they can kind of do anything, really. Right, really right. say you can do anything. Yeah. Uh, so Roll has always been, you know, a key theme throughout all of our companies. So there's yeah. always going to be Roll something. But yeah, Roll7 just... Uh, Rolls off the tongue. As it it does. Know that your RPG sort of branch will go into Roll 21. Yay! See? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're welcome. The invoice is in the post for that one. Um, <laughs> so, but it's published by a private division. And yes. Oli Oli World, what platforms is it available on? Um, all, all the platforms. All of them, so, yeah. PlayStation 5, 4, uh, Xbox One, Series x series s all all iterations therefore of and nintendo switch it's on the switch as well and pc on the steams and things yes Uh, uh, so if you've got your steam deck that's all four of us then yeah knock yourself out yeah Yeah. Uh, it, it will pop from the screen i can assure you of that well tom it's been fantastic having you on again thank you so much like it's been so nice to chat i think we were saying just before we've obviously not officially done a podcast since 2014, but no. seen you at various events. But it's lovely to yeah. catch up again. It's really good to to reconnect, and it's uh, like we've ever really lost connection anyway, quite frankly. No. But um, no, it's been lovely. And uh, again, I'm going to ask you if you want to come back again to whatever we're working on next. Then we'll, again, yeah. we'll definitely be here because we've been here eight years later. So <laughs> we still lovely. will be here. But in the meantime, thank you very much. That's all right. I look forward to coming back. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Cane and Rinse for early, extended, and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and at our website, caneandrinse.com. Sausage Factory.